Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And today, we're going to delve into the old listener mailbag, which is not an actual physical object, but it is something uh, we've put together from different emails and voice memo responses that we've got recently. And I thought it would be fun before some of the shows people are reacting to to get too far distant to dig in and see what some responses have been and maybe discuss some stuff around those responses. So, Tiffany, should we just dive right in? Let's dive in. Marcy sent in this voice message in response to a recent episode. Hi, Katie and Tiffany. It's Marcy Benson from Bluffton, South Carolina. It's Wednesday, March 29th here, and I just listened to episode 473, When Life Changes for the Worse. And I have a little bit of a story. Actually, Tiffany might recall this because it happened to me when I was in Italy this past fall. I arrived in Venice at the end of September uh, for the first time in 30 years and had a lovely time. However, 30 hours after arriving, I was walking through a piazza and it was raining so the ground was slippery and I fell on my right elbow. Also my right hip, which oddly did not suffer as my elbow did. I ultimately found out after I got home that I fractured my elbow and I tried to go to the emergency room when I got to Verona because I was meeting Italian friends there and they could help me translate at the emergency room. After sitting six hours in the emergency room in Verona, I decided I will just deal with it and continued on with my trip, spent a week in Verona and then continued on to Rome where I did meet Tiffany and we did a wonderful Caravaggio tour. But needless to say, this was my first time back in Italy after three years of not going due to COVID. I had such high hopes for a jubilant return and that didn't happen because I was in moderate pain. Thankfully, there was a lot of Voltaren cream and uh, ibuprofen consumed as well as wine. So when I heard your episode today from uh, this past Monday, it brought all of those memories back. So thank you, ladies, again. I always enjoy listening to you and hopefully I'll be back in Rome someday soon. Tiffany, to see you and do another tour. And Katie, hopefully I'll get to see you if you are visiting the South Carolina Low Country in the future. Thanks, ladies. Take care. Ciao, ciao. Tiffany, she mentions that she saw you. Yeah, I uh, honestly... After this injury. <laughs> I don't remember her. I mean, I'm sorry if I, if I have forgotten. I don't remember her mentioning it to me. I remember her being in a good in good spirits and clearly obviously if you hurt your elbow it doesn't affect how you walk although the hip could be problematic but I'm sorry to hear that you got hurt and I I'm sorry if I forgot and you told me but I I don't I don't think she did tell me. Well, I mean probably best to just have a good face forward perhaps. Perhaps, perhaps. I took her to see the, the you know the Caravaggios in the churches 
probably my favorite tour to do is to to show people Caravaggio's art, where he lived, where he worked, where he murdered a man. It's very fun. And I get to geek out. But yeah, it's it's never fun to get hurt on a trip, especially when you waste so much time in the emergency room. That is a major bummer. You have my sympathy for that. Yeah, for sure. I agree. What do you think of her decision to just leave after six hours? I mean, it seems like something you would do because <laughs> you're kind of like, whatever, I'll be fine. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess it just it really depends on your own personal, like how much, well, how much pain you're in, I suppose. And, and I think the, the type of injury does matter. I think an elbow, like cracking your elbow is, I've never cracked my elbow, but I have cracked my tailbone and it's something that you can't really do anything about it's painful it uh you know you, you could maybe take it easy but it's not like you can put a cast on your tailbone i mean i don't know maybe you can put a cast on an elbow i don't i don't know how that works but i i don't feel like it's the same as like breaking your leg you really need a cast like you absolutely 100% need that thing in a cast i don't know if an elbow is the same all right well let's go on who else well, we have Elena in Germany who wrote about our miniseries When Life Changes in an Instant as well. And she writes, I've just listened to your latest episode about life changing in an instant. And I think I've had good examples of both in the good edition and in the bad edition in the last few weeks. For things changing for the worse, the examples I can think of are all health related, including what sent me to the emergency room six weeks ago. It was only for three nights, but still hard, so I'm glad I had the podcast for help. Although I hope that hasn't changed the rest of my life forever, it has definitely changed the way the last weeks were supposed to be like. And on the flip side, after several months of rejections, last week I finally got my first job offer, which is great, but I think I haven't been able to really feel happy about it because my first reaction was immediately, oh crap, I need to organize so much stuff. I have to move to another city and I already start next month. So definitely life-changing, at least for the near future, but hopefully setting the course of my career for the next years. Wow, really mixed bag. Of course, we don't know what sent her to the emergency room. Yeah, three days in the hospital is pretty, pretty intense. It seems like it was something serious. Yes. So hopefully it's all fixed up and all better. Yeah. And that, and then I'm not sure exactly when she sent this email in, but she might be onto that new job since it starts so soon. So yeah, let us know how it's going. Yeah. To, to move cities and have only like a month of notice. It's pretty intense. Very. All right. So also in response to our When Life Changes for the Worst week of episodes, Mary wrote in response to the bittersweet moment I did, number 200, where I talked about the sudden death of my childhood friend JJ and how important it was that I had a recording of his voice. And during that episode, I played an interview I did with him about being an expat in Thailand and in part to just hear his voice and allow other people who loved him and were missing him to be able to hear his voice too. And... Mary wrote in response to that. She wrote, Katie, I listened to your episode about the loss of JJ, my sympathy on your sorrow. In your introduction to the interview with JJ, you said something that resonated with me. You said there were people who needed to hear his voice, and that struck a chord in me. At the time when my father and later my big brother died, it was their voices that I thought about and missed. Of course I missed them, but in a strange way, I was saddest about not hearing their voices again. There is something about a voice. 
you touched on that quality in an earlier episode when you talked about how you developed your professional voice. And I applaud when you said people could improve their voice and talked about how to do that. But what is it about voices that touches us so deeply? So it ends with a question, Tiffany. Do you have an idea of what it is about a voice that touches us so deeply? I don't know. I don't know, but I I definitely agree. And I, I had this, it is kind of funny because after I listened to that same mini episode, I immediately thought I have to pull out these tapes that I made and some of my older sisters made with my dad. You know, when we were little, we used to have the little tape recorder and put the blank tape in and press record and just talk to it, you know, because it was a novelty back in the back in the 80s. And I have those tapes. I brought them back with me from the States a, a couple of years ago, but I have never sat and gone through them. And I really feel the desire to do that because I really want to hear my dad's voice. Yeah. Yeah. I have a theory that, at least for me, that the voice carries with it so much of the person because, you know, a person, of course, is made up of many different things, but their voice, their voice cadence, the way they laugh, the tone of their voice. I think just so many of those things are sort of tied up into how we experience the person themselves. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to the death of JJ, for instance, it's like I can close my eyes and I can picture him and I doing different things. I can picture what he looks like. I can remember when we were 14 years old and joking around together. But something about turning on that tape, that piece of tape that we played where he laughs when I stick a microphone in his face, it almost brings it to life so much more vividly because not only can I like when I hear him laugh when I stuck the microphone in his face, all of a sudden I'm like back in that moment too. Like I, I can remember exactly where we are. I can remember the look that he gave me when I did it. And obviously like people listening don't know what I saw or what I remember, but that voice, it just can carry so much about what a person feels like. It's hard to describe. It's very hard to describe. It is hard to describe, but there is a person, there is a certain amount of personality that is captured in the voice. Yeah. All right. So moving on, Tiffany, you're reading next. We also received this email from Heather in San Diego. And she writes, dearest Katie and Tiffany, I love the podcast and feel awkward saying that I feel like I'm writing to two friends that I already know, even though I've only ever heard your voices through the podcast. Anyway, I learned about the podcast from a friend and went all the way back to episode one so I could listen to your entire journey up until present day. I connect with you two on so many levels. I too am a former expat, having lived in France for a year where I taught English right after graduating from college. It was a long-term dream that I'm so proud to have done rather than hesitating and doing something more stable after college. I, too, have a long-distance best friend who will forever be my travel and adventure buddy. We have lived in many different states and countries throughout our 22 years of friendship. I now live in San Diego while she is in Washington, D.C. And like Tiffany, I have long been infatuated with Italian culture, language, and food. My mom's last name is Gallo, and I come from a long line of Italians on her side. My grandparents lived part-time in New York and part-time in Rome since their family business was still there after they moved to the U.S. So I guess it makes sense that your podcast resonates so much with me. Anywho, I just finished episode 127, Yes, I'm Still Catching Up, which was about tears and crying and the many sources of those tears, whether positive or negative. 
I just want to share that like Katie, I am a crier. I cry when I'm upset. I also cry when I'm furious. I cry when I'm overtired. I cry as a stress response. I cry in the face of beauty. And what I thought would make you laugh is that I cry on command whenever I hear Andrea Bocelli sing. Whenever I need a good cry, I just YouTube Andrea Bocelli and watch him solo or in duet, and I just sit there sobbing. And it is so cathartic. Your episode on crying made me think a lot about that particular source of tears and why it is a source for me. And it goes back to nostalgia and a sense of longing for family and childhood. My mom used to play and sing along to Andrea Bocelli. She still speaks fluent Italian for as long as I can remember. Some of my earliest memories are hearing Andrea's voice over our stereo as I opened presents on Christmas morning. A combination of that nostalgia, missing my mom and those moments of childhood that I'll never get to experience again, and also the beauty of Andrea's voice, are what move me to tears. I cry when I hear Andrea played at a restaurant or in a store, literally anywhere. It is so crazy to me and so beautiful that so many memories and a sense of love, joy, connection, and longing are all represented in one Italian opera singer's voice for me. I've seen Andrea Pocelli perform in person twice, the first time for my mom's 60th birthday, which was extra special. Funnily enough, I did not cry whilst watching him sing in person. It was like seeing the source of that voice, of that beauty and connection to my family and Italian culture was comforting to me. Seeing him perform so flawlessly, especially him being blind, just made me feel full of a sense of pride, not sadness or longing. Okay, sorry for oversharing, but just thought all the parallels to your podcast were so interesting. Thank you for all that you do, most especially demonstrating how beautiful friendship can be in whatever form it takes. Ciao, Heather. That's so sweet. I always love to meet a fellow crier. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. It. I think that is really un crazy that it's like, even if she's in a store, if she hears his voice, she'll start crying. I don't have anything like that. Do you have something like that? Like a trigger that truly just makes you cry? I was just trying to think that if I do or not, uh, I know I have in the past. I don't know if there's anything that lasts, though. Mm -hmm. You know, like, for instance, if a friend passes away, there'll be a song that I latch on to for whatever reason as the song that helps me think about them and grieve them maybe and and oftentimes that song makes no sense like for instance the song that I was listening to a lot when it came to JJ I think is a song he would not like <laughs> he would have objected 100% to the song that I have been using to be reminded of him and to grieve for him can we know what it is no <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, you could know, but it wouldn't make any sense. Part of the reason why I latched onto it is because it kind of captures the essence of being a young person together. But I also heard it on the radio when I was driving home from getting together with friends to be sad about the fact that he had died. So I think it's both things. But I do find that, that while those things kind of remain special, those songs will always remind me of that person. I don't necessarily, like five years down the road feel like I have to cry if I hear that song, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I'll still think, oh, yeah, this is JJ's song or this is Susan's song, but I won't necessarily cry about it. So I think I have things for the moment. I don't know if I have anything that, that lingers forever. All right. And to wrap this show up, Michael sent in this thought to the Bittersweet Life podcast. Today, I had a thought. 
In the film critic Roger Ebert's 1986 review of the movie A Room with a View, he wrote, and this is a quote, This is the best film they have made. It is an intellectual film, but intellectual about emotions. It encourages us to think about how we feel instead of simply acting on our feelings. It shows us a young woman, Lucy Honeychurch, who is about to marry the wrong man, not because of her passion, but because of her lack of thought. Only think about your passion, the movie argues, and you will throw over Cecil and marry George. Usually, thought and passion are on opposite sides in movies. This time, it's entertaining to find them on the same side. End quote. And Michael goes on, I thought the same, or at least something similar, could be said about The Bittersweet Life. The Bittersweet Life is so relatable and rewarding to listen to. What do you think of that comparison? Well, thank you for that wonderful, I just, it's a wonderful compliment. I, too, like Roger Ebert, believe that A Room with a View is a masterpiece (laughs) and one of the greatest films ever made. (laughs) I think everyone who's listened to this show for a while knows that about me, but it's funny when I was when you were when you were reading that, I obviously I, I get his point and I it's a beautiful and interesting thought. But the first thought that I had when he mentioned a room with a view, because we've been talking about the life changing events, reading these emails from uh, from our listeners, I realized that when I saw a room with a view, that was a life changing moment for me. There you go. It was a truly life changing moment. Yeah, and when it changed for the good too. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was an instant obsession. And my life was never the same. (laughs) It sounds so dramatic to say it that way, but it's true. It's true. It's really true. But yeah, I love the idea that that thought and passion do not have to be at odds, but they can be working towards the same end, which is, of course, you know, general overall fulfillment in life. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for all these lovely and thoughtful emails. And you are always welcome to drop us a line or send us a voice memo in response to anything we do. You can reach us at bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com. And I didn't pull any comments this time from social media, but we do sometimes. And if that's more your game, like if you're more over on social media, Tiffany can tell you where to go. Yes, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We have different handles for each site. So just search for the Bittersweet Life podcast and you will find us. Yes. And until next time, this is the Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. You could sponsor this show and reach educated, curious, and compassionate listeners all over the world. Our listeners are a remarkable, diverse, and engaged group of people that I am so continually impressed by. Visit thebittersweetlife.net and click support to get the conversation started.